Welcome to the first episode of the Funny Story Podcast. As always, I'm your host, stand-up comedian, Chris Diorio. This first episode is special to me, as I decided to set things off in the proper tone. You'll hear two stories today, both of them personal stories from me, because I wanted to go ahead and put my money where my mouth is. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, check out these two funny stories from me, and don't forget, like, share, and subscribe so you can get more episodes of the Funny Story Podcast delivered right to your inbox. Enjoy. First, we have the story of how I became to be known as the White Walker. When I was living in downtown Charlotte, my buddy and I lived in the same apartment building. And one Halloween, we decided to go check out the scenery, if you catch my drift. As we walk out of the building, immediately, a homeless man runs up to me and asks me for money. And even faster than that, I said, no. And he goes, hey, no problem, man. And thanks for not kicking my ass. And look, I get it. Even though I had no intention of harming this man, you're looking at 200 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal right here. So I said, you're welcome. No harm, no foul, and I showed mercy. Two days later, heading to a charity event with the same dude. And we walk past a couple more homeless gentlemen on a bench. One of them yells something in homeless, I'm not entirely sure. And I turn around to see his buddy slap him on the chest and go, man, do you know who that is? That dude will fuck you up. Okay, little old me, look, I get it. I can be intimidating, but I had no intention of harming this man either, so I didn't know what this is all about. And now my buddy, he's perplexed. And he looks at me, he's like, hey, that's kind of weird, right? That's twice this week that a man without a home has thought that you were going to cause them bodily harm? Is everything okay in your home? And I said, look, man, these guns are open carry only, son. And I flexed my muscles. And he was like, I hate you. Well, that Sunday, two days after that, I'm with the same buddy walking back from a tailgate party. As we're walking back from that tailgate party, a guy pops up off a homeless bench, follows us, and I turn around. As soon as I turn around, he goes, no, 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 no. That guy's going to beat my ass. So now my buddy is on another planet. He's like, what the fuck? Are you blacking out at night and beating up homeless people? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Maybe they think I'm somebody else. Maybe they think I'm the guy from The Shield and don't realize it's not real. I don't know what to tell you. So... We go home, and I'm thinking about it, and part of what makes me a stand-up comic is the fact that I'm a bit of a dick, and I can't just let this go. So the next day, I call my buddy, and I said, hey man, I figured out what's going on with the homeless people, and he said, no you didn't, and I said, no dude, seriously, so last night, I went around town, and I saw a bunch of them gathered around one of those trash can fires. And I asked him if he knew what was up. So they said, get this, apparently they've spread word around town not to mess with me, and they call me the White Walker. And he was like, no they don't, and no you didn't. And I said, look man, if 
fine. That kind of hurts my feelings that you want to believe your best friend. But okay, I get it if you're jealous. So for the next few months, I spend my entire life doing two things. One, I tell everybody I ever meet and ever will meet the same story about my new nickname. But second, and most importantly, I start carrying single dollar bills with me wherever I go. And every time one of them asks me for money, I give them a dollar. And when they say thank you, I say, no problem. Just tell your friends that the White Walker took care of you. I spent $347 doing this, just waiting and hoping for that sweet, sweet payoff. Finally, about six months later, Valentine's Day. We're walking through the city, going to a nice restaurant uptown Charlotte. I'm with that same buddy. We both had our girlfriends with us. And the entire time we're walking up and down those streets, I'm just scanning the streets, praying that this pays off for me. Finally, like two blocks from our place, I see one of my subjects. I am tingling with excitement. He looks at me, and we lock eyes. And I'm like, please say it. Please say it. Please say it. Please say it. And he looks at me, and he opens his mouth, and first he goes, yo, man, can I get a dollar? And I go, what? And he goes, oh, shit, White Walker, what up, baby? I felt like I just fucked Mother Earth. My friends dropped their leftovers and just stood there in silence. My buddy was like, what the fuck did you do? And I could not have been more childish. I was just like, I told you so. But fortunately, I've done a lot of growing up since then. However, to this day, I will admit that I have not yet grown up enough to ever tell them the truth until they listen to this podcast. And that, folks, is the story of how I, Chris Diorio, became to be known as the White Walker. This next story, again, is also my story because in episode one, I wanted to sort of set the stage for the rest of the episodes going forward and also put my money where my mouth is. This is the story about the time I went to actual prison over a speeding ticket. Not just lockup, actual state prison with an inmate number and everything. It all started with me getting a speeding ticket in my hometown. Now, this just so happened right before I was about to move out of state. So being young and dumb, I figured there's no way I was going to have to worry about a speeding ticket out of state. And of course this move was going to be permanent and I'd never be one of those people who ended up moving back to their hometown. So two years later, I moved back to my hometown. Of course, by this time, I had completely forgotten about the fact that I had ever gotten a speeding ticket. Well, a couple months after moving home, my buddy was killing time by searching our state's judicial website and looking up which one of his friends had arrest warrants. Hey, teach their own, right? So as he's doing his latchkey legal studies work, he happens to come across my name and sees that I have a warrant for my arrest. Yep, speeding ticket, turned court date, turned failure to appear, turned warrant for my arrest. So I try to do the right thing. I call up the police station and I say, hey, without disclosing my location, how can I go ahead and take care of this silly warrant? And the nice lady on the phone said, well, you have two options. You can go ahead and call a bail bondsman and have him come into the station with you. He'll charge you a couple hundred bucks, then he can bail you out in the spot. You get a new court date to come in and take care of the speeding ticket, and then you'll have to bring yourself to court. Or 
you can come in early in the morning and turn yourself in for free. One of our officers will give you a ride to court. You'll go in front of the judge, and as long as you have paid all the fees to have your license reinstated by the time you go to court, they'll just ask you to plead guilty or not guilty to the speeding ticket, and you'll be free to go from there. That sounds reasonable, I thought. I'll save myself a couple hundred bucks. So I contact the motor vehicle department, and I pay all the fees, and the next morning I put on my best jumpsuit and turn myself into the police. Let me just give you a quick preview of how this is going to go. The nice lady on the phone entirely undersold the way this whole thing was going to go. Two police officers come out, handcuff me, search me, take all my personal belongings, and put me in the back of a police car. Them bringing me to court meant, hey, you're now in our custody, and you are officially a criminal who we've captured on a warrant. So when I got to the court, they of course searched me again, take my bag of belongings from the police, and take the handcuffs off. Then... They put a different set of handcuffs on and added a nice pair of leg shackles. Then, they don't let you sit in those nice wooden pews with the other people who are there for traffic tickets. You go in lockup with the other criminals who have been captured by the police on a warrant. I got there at 7.30 a.m. and by 8 a.m. I was a hardened criminal. For four hours, I sat there in silence, avoiding at all costs having to use the bathroom in front of everyone else while listening to my new friends tell their stories of why they're locked up hoping to go, nobody asks me why I'm there and I have to explain to people with face tattoos that I'm here because I went too fast on the highway. Finally, right before court goes on lunch break, they march me in front of the judge with a couple other members of the chain gang. So I go in front of the judge and explain the entire situation. Hey, I made a mistake, went too fast on the highway, uh, completely forgot about this traffic ticket, moved out of state, the whole nine yards. She said, sir, that's no problem. I understand. Just show me your reinstated license, and we will just ask you to pay a fee to the court, and you'll be free to go. And I respond, well, your honor, I would love to show you my license. However, all my stuff is locked up somewhere in this courthouse, and I can't get to it. She said, well, then we'll have to bring you back after the lunch break and have the bailiff bring your stuff from lockup. Great. Now, what I heard her say was after lunch, meaning like 1, 1.30. I sat there in lockup until 4.30 p.m., four more hours to formulate a story about how I was actually there because I murdered a hooker, just in case anybody decided to ask. Finally, 4.30 p.m., it's my time to shine. I walk in front of the judge, I reintroduce myself, and I tell my story. She removes my license from my belongings, and she looks very confused. She says, sir, this is your old license. You have to bring me your new license. Do you have any proof that you have a new license? And I said, shit, no I don't. They have not sent that to me yet, and nobody told me to bring receipts. Things does not look well for me. She replies, well sir, you're going to have to post bail here today, and then come back on another date and bring your new license with you, as well as a receipt showing that you paid the fees and your license has been fully reinstated. To which I reply, okay, that sounds good. So where do I go to pay this bail and get out of here? She laughs which does not make me comfortable at all. Well, sir, she says, you can't bail yourself out at court. You can only post bail either at the police station or at the state correctional facility when you arrive. You'll be processed into the state prison as an inmate, and once you've been processed, you'll be allowed to use a phone call to contact a bail bondsman, and assuming they can get to you in the allotted time frame, you'll be released on bail from the correctional facility. What the fuck? 
I thought I would be home by noon, and now it's dinner time, and I'm about to spend my night in an actual prison. Three more hours I sit in the holding cell before getting marched into a van with a dozen other prisoners and thrown in the back. I am here for a speeding ticket. A fucking speeding ticket. <clears throat> we get to the prison, and I get fully processed in Maine. They give me the orange jump shoe and the shoes, and they take my picture, and they give me an inmate identification card. I am fuming. 20 minutes in, and I'm already ready to turn my toothbrush into a shank and start stabbing people. I can see why this stuff happens so frequently now. As I'm getting processed, one of the correctional officers, Officer Rosenstein, calls my name and sees my bald head and goes, Hey, Diorio, are you a skinhead? And I say, No, sir. Now, Officer Rosenstein, who also has a bald head, says, Are you sure? Because we're recruiting. To which I respond, No offense, sir, but I didn't think Rosenstein was a particularly popular name for skinheads. He actually laughed and said, Well, we're getting so desperate, we're recruiting Jews now. Great, so I've made a friend. This takes two more hours until I'm finally put into a holding cell and get access to a payphone. I try calling my mom collect. Bonus. My mom was getting harassed by an old family member, so she had collect calling blocked on her phone. Son of a bitch. Finally, after getting off the other prisoners to use the phone, I get a hold of my grandmother. My grandmother said she would call my mother and get back to me. 30 minutes later, I get back on the phone with my grandma, and she has great news. I talked to your mom. She knows what's going on. Your brother is on the way to the jail with a bail bondsman. Fantastic. I am done here. Obliviously, I wave over one of the correctional officers, and I say, Excuse me, officer. I've been informed that my bail has been posted, so you can go ahead and let me out now. He goes, Fuck you and shut up. Bail doesn't start till 10 p.m. I went from waking up this morning a free man... And 12 hours later, I was a cage savage. I was pacing back and forth. If anyone looked at me the wrong way, I was ready to fight. I kept walking out of my cell and risked the CEOs beating me back. It took me less than a normal work day for some people to go from happy-go-lucky dude to a character from Oz. <clears throat> finally, 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 they processed me out. I had to wait another 45 minutes in a holding cell with the one other lucky guy who got bailed out that night who thought I was an Irish immigrant and talked to me into giving him a ride home. When those doors opened and I saw my brother there, I literally kissed the ground. <clears throat> I almost kissed him, I was so happy. First thing I did, got out, grabbed those car keys, hopped in the car, and sped home as fast as I could. Folks, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Funny Story Podcast. I am always, as always, your host, Chris Diorio. We cannot wait to see you again. Thank you for tuning in.